0: It's two o'clock, mm, yeah. it's Wednesday, it's time for some call me Tim slash the Altcast. slash 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 slash. I'm joined by my co-host, LaToya the Sheriff of Truth. Hello. Hi,
1: good afternoon. Hello.
0: And we are joined in the studio by Charlie, who's getting ready for House of Bride tonight. It's gonna be a band, eight to 10. That's exciting, we've got Fancy in the house, and your buddy. I
1: have um his name is Andre, and right he's around. just going to sit in and listen. But let's, um, let's say, uh, Andre, would you like to say hello?
2: Sure. I, this is Andre, and I just feel welcome today by the group here in the station. Thank you, and uh, hello to everyone out there.
1: Right on. That's a voice, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> so he is um, interested in uh, voice work and maybe podcasts maybe but cool so why not be here and learn from the best i guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah best learn uh whatever it's all good uh welcome <laughs> i know i'm like I, it's all i'm the, i love one takes that's why i love radio and uh i know a lot of podcasting people agonize over putting it together and making it sound perfect but i'm just sort of one of those first efforts the best effort I think, oftentimes,
1: true. True. I mean,
0: I, if you're feeling the flow, I mean, unless I mean, especially in um in this kind of forum, it's not like comedy or it's something where it's planned. Yeah, we're in an improvised state. Oh, I need to get. That.
1: And that's the world I come from. Improvise. Like
0: scripts are not my thing. I love to memorize that's the best thing to do last night. I had the opportunity to be on an improvised So usually hates debates. They give you the They give you the topics a couple days ahead of time. So I really write hard on topics even when they're silly But last night there was an improvised one So I didn't know what the topic was before I went up and it turned out pizza versus hot dogs.
1: Oh (laughs) Pizza yeah, I was I, I
0: I got to I got to defend pizza. It was a tie what? Um, Silly Americans. Yeah, it, we tied at the end. It was fine. Uh, my arguments, n- not super strong. Uh, the first, straight out the gate, super strong, but then second round, not as, not as uh, lucid and brilliant. I'm biased. I don't like hot dogs. I've seen how they were made. Yeah, her best argument was that, is not a pepperoni just a glorified hot dog? No Kind of I mean it's a what? It's me in a casing it's a, it's a far stretch I should have refuted it But uh, She basically gave it to me To refute And I didn't Because I don't know How debates work <laughs> <laughs> I don't Because <laughs> No actually I never debated In high school I just, What I, I just have the ability To talk ad nauseum It doesn't mean I can actually make Salient, salient points
1: I was part of a debate team In a debate club I'm surprised Because you You take me As a really great debater
0: Nope No idea how it works <laughs> I can argue I can argue like a motherfucker about anything yeah and there you have it but that's not debating debating and that's what's so funny when that presidential debates when those were happening and they weren't like really debates when um with that he who should not be named was like like going over time jumping in the in the middle like just not obeying any of the rules of of debate because he'd probably never actually been in a no. real debate but I didn't know how they worked either you know I don't know. What
1: do you say proud boys stand up and stand down? That was one of his debate oh That's that was one of the debates. I'll never forget that one But I,
0: I I'm very I'm uh, I'm just upset that he still has something he has a He's one of the voices people are listening to especially on this Russian kind of situation and that he's a buddies with Putin makes me very
1: and he—it's a cult following. I don't—I mean, I don't understand why some people don't get it. I actually had to talk to my friend, she um, who's from Chicago. She's Polish, and her parents immigrated here from Poland back in the '80s, uh, during uh, uh, when they were changing over from um, communism. And they're Trump supporters, which I find kind of not i guess kind of odd seeing as the fact that well he's actually talking about people like well people like you you know but to each their own Mm. but that's why i debate
0: folks i'm looking i mean i'm looking for anything on on ukraine you know it's almost like they're hiding it from us you know what else they're hiding and the
1: media is not talking about um, so there is some stuff going on in Ethiopia and oh. Cameroon oh and uh, our, our wonderful media large media platforms such as CNN and of course Fox News ain't gonna talk about no black people uh, but these are stories of what's going on on the continent that are being neglected Um, and then CNN, you can find a bunch of stuff on Ukraine and on CNN, but, um, now you have, there was a story that I read last week of, um, women in Russia, um, wealthy women who are burning their Chanel purses because all the Chanel stores are gone and shut down due to the conflict. So it's almost like when the right wing here was burning their... Uh, Craig, was it uh, the Krug machines <laughs> a couple years ago or their Nikes because of sure uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Colin Kaepernick kind of the same oh thing.
0: wow 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 Cameroon how language plunged a country into deadly conflict with no end in sight I I had no mm, idea this is happening exactly and this is right on the Ivory Coast the area where we t- t- took the majority of the slaves from back in the day right yep um, and diamonds Sure, there's, um...
1: And then what's sad is Ethiopia, who has never been colonialized, um, they're going through some stuff right now. This
0: is, I can't believe this. Since October 2017? This yes. is five years. I, I had no idea. I have never...
1: It's still going on.
0: Yeah. Since October 2017, Cameroon has been engulfed with deadly conflict. The conflict is noted in the colonization of Cameroon, by both French and British governments and the two languages that came with it, French and English. Today, the conflict is between Cameroon's military and separatist forces from the two, Anglif- uh, the two Anglophone northwest and southwest regions. Wow, so it's the, it basically the people that speak English versus the people that speak French in Cameroon and they're all black?
1: Well. Uh, What it sounds like to me, because this has been going on in Africa for a while, that certain, um, they're trying to slowly sneak up on colonization again. The unification
0: of both regions.
1: Like you have uh, Macron, this is why I'm not a fan of Macron, who is uh, the uh, French Prime Minister. He's been having talks with certain um, ex-French colonies. Huh. To get his cl- their claws back in. Now they're not calling coloni- it colonization anymore, or colonism. They're you know they're using capitalism as a way to get their claws back into these countries.
0: No more half measures in Cameroon's anglophone crisis. Recent military victories are no reason for complacency in the absence of broad-based, inclusive political settlement. Wow. I had I had no idea that there was even like conflict. I'm so I'm so hidden. I'm submerged in a barrel of whiskey and I only come out for free ice cream days. <laughs> is that a whiskey <laughs> float? I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying that I have no idea what's going on in the world. But it's so scary that it's like Look, This is not talked about. That's the thing. Like we can't though because we're, everyone's gonna everyone has so much anxiety anyways like who's not on zany bars right now there's so much anxiety and like now i'm like oh my god there's a civil war in cameroon that's escalating too and then there's, and there's stuff, complicated- stuff in ethiopia yeah. and then there's ukraine and the what the fuck is going on
1: but what exact what you just said a few moments ago was oh my god this has been going on since 2017 yeah that's five years my problem is and we discussed this a couple of weeks ago how the media and how they treat those of black and brown countries versus those of white con- uh, conflict countries. Por ejemplo, we just talked about how the the news media here we're talking about these poor, war torn people in. Uh, in uh, Ukraine, there's nothing like the Syrians and the Iranian. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! It's still war. Yeah. So you, ha- I mean, yeah. the you you still have the. It's not even. A dog. Well, they're saying. Like,
0: I just saw one thing. It was super vicious. It said that, a, that they interviewed a woman. She was like, "Yeah, they killed my husband and raped me." And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, whoa! But that happens in every war, right? It's, it's it, yeah. Like, does that? That's just but my, what happens during my, the, war. Problem is, <sighs> you. They
1: want to just I mean, focus. I get it. What's going on in Ukraine is very important, but these other stories that are going on onto the continent, they don't ever talk about.
0: Well, and I don't understand why any of these, as we call them conflicts, they're not even calling them wars, but um, because, because there's probably money involved. There's got. I mean, it's great. Cameroon's forgotten civil war is getting worse. And forgotten, not forgotten. No one ever told us about it. Infighting among anglophone separatists and denial by the Cameroonian government are escalating in the ongoing conflict. Jeez.
1: And you know, what's also an issue in some of these countries in, um on the continent, unfortunately, some of the prime ministers and presidents are very corrupt and they put their money not into their country, unfortunately. Oh. That's why you see a lot of them that look very, very, very wealthy. And the rest of their people look very poor and can't get any roads.
0: Are they, are they buying houses? In, they're buying houses, houses in, in Europe, San Francisco, sending their kids <laughs> to
1: school in Europe and here. Uh, I mean, I just read oh, uh, some of my people, Nigerians. I, huh. You know, I got a problem with some of y'alls because especially with now we talked about a couple weeks ago a lot of the students medical students that were in the ukraine of african and Indian descent that were um passed over to not get on the train to get to poland Mm -hmm. well those governments unfortunately are good good enough uh, india's government has helped a lot of their people but you have a lot of students who are from cameroon and Nigeria. Nigeria is a pretty wealthy country in contrast to Cameroon. The Nigerian government, before all the stuff came out about uh, their students, you know, and all the videos being trapped there, basically told their people to fend for themselves.
3: Hmm.
1: Now, is that what they said to us when they put some of us on the boat to the middle passage? because i'm like is there something in the water with some of my nigerian folks because oh. you're treating it sounds kind of familiar uh-huh. oh let them fend for themselves they'll be okay in the water over there
0: well I 500 years later and didn't i mean there were black people that trapped and sold black people that's to the exactly way. but then what they ended about. up getting trapped themselves and sent over i think too the Tigray war which i've never heard about yep is an ongoing civil war that began November 3rd, 2020, in the Tigray region of Ethiopia. Local Tigray defense forces are fighting the Ethiopian National Defense Force, the Ethiopian Federal Police, regional police, and gendarme forces in the neighboring Amhara and Afar regions, with the involvement of the Etrian Defense Forces. There's a lot it of tr- people fighting.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: committed war crimes during the conflict, humanitarian crisis. I didn't even know this was happening. This
1: one is kind of new to me because I didn't know about uh, Ethiopia. I knew a little bit about Cameroon, but the Ethiopia... Yeah, Ethiopia. Well, it
0: just started. I mean, two years ago, November, so we're coming up on two years. Wow.
1: But it's still news that you should know. I mean, there's a large. I mean, the thing is, there's a large population. A lot, I have a lot of Airtran friends and Ethiopian friends. Uh, well, who are the UAE? Right, you've got. Oh, that's United so That's in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, Ethiopia is right off the edge of. Is that the Red Sea? It's closer to the Middle East. Thank you, Red Sea. Yeah. Red Sea. Yeah.
0: Ethiopia conflict dynamics shift as new US envoy takes over. The US is involved? Yes. Who knew?
1: See, this is why this is why we need to We have this forces new-
0: in Ethiopia now? All right. News coming out of Addis Ababa suggests that the conflict in Ethiopia is entering a new phase. For over a year, momentum seemed to be forever driving toward worsening violence between the federal government, its allies, and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, as well as deepening the rift between Ethiopian government and the international partners, including the United States. I didn't know we were partners with Ethiopia. But now the TPLF has retreated back to Tigray, and the federal ground forces have declined to advance in the region. Ethiopian authorities have freed prominent opposition leaders from prison, including members of the TPLF and the or normal groups that have been at odds with the government. Da, 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 da. I mean, I still don't know what's going on. Multiple fractures, including humanitarian conditions. Like, so why are we fighting?
1: And, you know, but my, my you know, dubious the,
0: arrests, uh, My like point
1: is, you know, as. As all of us are American taxpayers, and we have to, we do pay ugh, taxes. Uh,
0: I'm welcoming <laughs> it right now. <laughs> that's Dude. another
1: subject that pisses me off.
0: Um, I'm getting money back this year, though. It's it's good, but it's still it's it's so daunting. It's I've been working on it for days now.
1: I'm, i I uh, had it meltdown uh, yesterday, but that's another yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. But if we are in conflict with these countries i think it's for us as we we pay into that military correct yeah yeah yeah, so why do we not know what's going
0: on yeah why aren't they giving us some kind of memo you know i didn't know i didn't know know we had forces not that i know any i don't i don't i didn't know about military until a couple days ago yeah and that that we have support over there and all of the and we're colonizers too puerto rico is one of our colonies guam right guam the Look, Philippines, how we Hawaii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're a state now, but we basically stole their land. We stole it. I was just talking about this yesterday. I mean, they yesterday. stole it, not me. But like 600 years ago, where we're standing, didn't belong to anybody. I mean, there were tribal people that lived in this area, etc. Even, even be- maybe even before the Mexicans, or even when the Mex, maybe when the Californios were here, maybe I, I don't know. Indigenous. The indigenous peoples who were here. But then who was the person that decided that this piece of square of land costs money? And who did it belong? How did they decide it belonged to them? Like, I don't understand how all of a sudden people are like, I own this land. This is my, I bought this house on this land. Who owned,
1: who owned the land? The last Mexican governor was Pico, I believe in. 1849 but how did he decide he sold it to he sold it to sold it to the United States because he was forced to
0: but before he decided that was his how did like how did all of a sudden certain parcels of land become private property when they didn't when they belonged collectively to the indigenous people who lived here like when was that moment and was it just someone who went this is my land as far as i can see and this is mine and then they passed it down in their family and they're like oh now this is Folsom street block or whatever (laughs) and they own this piece
1: of i mean believe it or not um you're kind of spot on like i just think about how they did the the caribbean and stuff and and even like even parts of the states here you know they pushed the indigenous off okay for example my grandfather, born on a reservation in Oklahoma, that was their, That reservation belonged to the Cherokee indigenous. Mm. But uh, here comes World War I, whereas, I guess, you, would it be an intimate domain where basically the government said, this is ours now, we're going to push you off, so now you have to go?
0: Did they and that was relocate a, them to a different reservation? No. They just took the land and never gave it back. That is correct. That was a reservation? Yes, it was. Dear
1: God. Mm-hmm. That's why my grandfather did not like to talk about his childhood very much. Oh my God. So, yeah. And when you go to Muskogee, he's from Muskogee, Oklahoma, it's very impro- impoverished. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine if the people would have kept their land, were able to keep their land, that land would have been worth something. Yeah. I mean, but if you've been to Oklahoma, any kind
0: Oklahoma, of, you know, okay.
1: Uh, and then if you've been to any other kind of reservation, neither either in Montana or the Dakotas, it's really sad and depressing because they push them off, and that's why there's a lot of alcohol and, and drug abuse because, well, when you're in poverty, what happens? There's nothing... There's nothing really to live for. It's just like the same in, in the diaspora community that we go through, mm. you know, so. But yeah, you, you're not far off, my dear. I just, yeah, because no, it's there's hard no for me. signing of a contract, though, that's also an issue too especially with a lot of the indigenous land here whereas they had a contract with the u.s government mm-hmm. and the u.s government did not go by that contract and mm-hmm. said oh sorry one void
0: right. yeah ripped it up yep i've been thinking i i know some people that are in like the seasteading movement or whatever and no one owns the oceans yet can you imagine <laughs> like the seasteading movement people start building um, islands out of plastic oh my god right getting old well and actually this is i saw some pictures um of a guy who he created his own island in a river out of discarded water bottles that he lashed together and made and he keeps making his island bigger by getting more water bottles and putting them under and he uses it as a huge flotation device and he's built himself a a house on top of this plastic thing that floats in the river and it's pretty brilliant because nobody owns But the plastic's going to kill the ecosystem
3: of the fish Yeah,
1: Yeah. I
0: mean but will (laughs) it break down I mean if he's using it as a float the whole purpose is to use it as a flotation device because if you take a water bottle it's filled with air and you put enough of them together it creates a raft but basically it, just building on a raft. I know, but that plastic breaks down. Oh, it takes, like, so many years for it to break oh down. I Come on. I, I think it's the best use for plastic is using it as a tiny island raft. It's, like, the best possible use for plastic. What Diaphragms
1: are, we... are the best use of plastic. Oh, what my God. Say?
0: I know. Back to women's rights issues. Speaking of Oklahoma. Oh. Yeah. I'm
1: going to hate on that state again. So, yeah. yeah, that measure passed. So, last week we were talking about... Um, this story of Oklahoma, where basically no more they, abortions, they outlawed abortions, um, which it, it is unless going to court.
0: it like threatens life of the mother. And I still argue that having a baby can totally ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> You're still alive, and I, it might be worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you a, don't know have what's a wrong with monster. that mother's
1: mental state. Gross, or father. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. And it's just, now we've got, I mean, they're closing down on right, and our, as our nation becomes more and more, uh, we, I guess. What's in, the the right we, versus the left? It, they have us in regressing. a bipartisan, and everything they believe in, we don't believe. And I moralistically think the way they think is wrong. And it's so ridiculous, because I, in my morals, I think their morals are wrong, and their morals think that my morals are wrong, right? Like, everything they stand for makes me angry, like, forcing women, because that's the whole thing about abortion, is it's like, it's immoral to kill a baby. That's what they're standing on, is that it's an immoral act from their eyes, and I say from my eyes, it's an immoral act to force somebody to live a life they to to force them into a life they don't want to live. And abortions were legal in the 1800s. It was just this puritanical and you've even said it that it's has to do with white supremacy.
1: Yeah, it's about control and the thing is it's all about controlling a woman's body, period. And my thing is this, I can understand a little bit like conservative kind of stuff, but the thing is we're talking about human rights here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about economics, though that does affect human rights. Like when they and the thing is they they believe in small government quote quote but yet there's sm- they're, they're going the opposite direction of what a small government is supposed to be mm. poor ejemplo if you want a small government and you believe in a real conservative way this should not be an issue for you yeah. if you believe in small government if if someone using the bathroom who is transgender should not be an issue for yeah. you. Right. And so the fact of the matter is now you're coming into people's wombs, toilets, yeah. and buttholes. <laughs> uh, it's
0: nobody's goddamn business. It's true. But where I come from is the reason they say they have a place to be there is they're coming from this moralistic place. And that even goes back to the separation of church and state. Your morals shouldn't even come into it because there's a separation of church and state. That the laws exist to protect people and their choices, and it's supposed. It it just irks me so hard that where they're standing from is, you disgusting people out there in San Francisco with your with your women that can think and read, and your and your acceptance of people's genders and non-binary choices to be on a spectrum of sexuality (laughs) you weirdos yeah fine we're weird well then let us let california be its own nation let's just divorce it from them let's just say you know what oklahoma okay go away florida man stay in florida texas you keep it keep your guns baby doll but let us
1: have you know now, I am going to say California ain't that perfect either, because okay. we are a will-to-work state, so we have some issues with that, and and we Southern deal a lot more with classism, like here. Sure. Well, I mean, classism, and racism are very big here, too. It's just the fact that the it's the undertones that you get here in contrast to where I'm from in the Midwest. Like I said, just call me an N-word, and I know where you stand, so I can make you feel pretty small as for out here bill it's like oh you speak so
0: well oh my god but abortion so intelligent out out here i can do abortion jokes in california i cannot do abortion jokes in oklahoma i would get booed off the stage i'm sure
1: well fuck oklahoma that's why i'm from missouri yeah (laughs) well and
0: but it's still if we are all one nation we are (laughs) and uh you can't you can and do And then it's still so we- that under God thing, still bothers me. Is that if there's a separation of church and state, God and morality shouldn't enter in? Because. Morality is a personal choice just because and that's the other thing, just because all you weird Christians decided that these are the morals we're all going to live by, and then they're all fake and lying too. Thank I was you. raised Christian, and our pastor slept with like sixteen women Thank in the you. congregation that he was supposedly like helping, and he said, "Well, you know, if you want to get right with God, the way what you, the way you do it is by sucking my dick right and they were mm-hmm. they believed or whatever they believed I don't know what they believed I don't know what their situation was. <laughs> He was a relatively hot guy, and I guess if you were in a powerful position in a church and you were one of those kind of women, that would be, or maybe it was exciting, and maybe everyone in Danville is boring and they hate their husbands because marriage is a stupid construct that only deals with money, and we pretend that it's, it's love, and we say, well, this romance. Yeah, man is in romance because it's all a fiction that they want us to believe so that they can, you know, it's for control. Women are. They've controlled us. I look at Disney. Anyway, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off the rails now. Fancy, do you want to come in and, and talk on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, we have special guests in the house. Fancy, a clown, a, a world traveler, a, a, a dog wrangler. Hello. There you go. yeah. I'm excited to be here. I was just going to enjoy
4: listening to the show. And then you started talking about Oklahoma. <laughs> And not the play. <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys. Oh, first lo- off, where the
0: winds come down the my
4: dad's parents were both born on Indian reservations <gasps> in the Choctaw Nation. Right on. My dad himself was born in a little place called Hevener, Oklahoma. Oh, snap. His parents were born in Pecola and Cowlington one of them was an indian reservation then it wasn't anymore oh, wow. and then it was again according to a couple of years ago the government was like oh you know what oops oops we're Ooh. gonna give you this property back but you know why they did that why? because they want to open up casinos oh, That's it, to make money because out. so then they're now manipulating the tribe to use that property it's like my anyway because this stuff cuts deep for my family. Yeah, yeah. we are on the
1: same page. Yeah,
4: totally. And I am somebody who, if it weren't for Native American medicine, I would be dead. My, I healed myself of three diseases doctors told me I would die with, but thanks to Native American medicine, I'm completely whole. And my doctor, who's Lena Dunham's guy knows, so he's a fancy deal, (laughs) only the fanciest for this fancy puss. (laughs) He said, oh, you're a miracle. And I said, no, no, I'm just white trash, pal. So if I can do this, then anybody can do it. And you telling eight out of 10 women who have the same diseases that it takes a miracle and that that's how far away it is. You need all this medication. You need all these drugs. You need mm. surgery every few years. If I had bought into that narrative, I would, have, I would be in surgery right now, you know, uh. every couple of years. Only I serendipitously follow my intuition. That's all I do. That's it. I am a, I worship my gut. I follow the bliss. And I met some uh, medicine women from the navajo tribe on my journey oh, they introduced cool. me to dmt i did a dmt ceremony i saw that um we're living in a video game <laughs> and, <laughs> and every dimension is real and as i was coming down off that dmt trip in 2019 right after i had my abortion oh. bram, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i i saw that Ooh, i can choose which dimension i come back into nice and i chose to come so if you're talking to me and you're listening to this here's a little piece of advice of of what i got from all the gods of where we are i said i want to know which dimension i'm in and how to win the game because i'm tired of getting really close but not finishing you know edging i'm not into it anymore i want to come right away and i just want to keep coming and um and that is how i masturbate i will masturbate for four hours straight just (laughs) always coming and that's what life can be and so as i was coming down into this dimension i saw that all this dimension is about is love yourself as much as you can Mm -hmm. make art from that place that art will wake up other people to love themselves as much as they'll make art and then it will be an infection that is beautiful but your art can be how
0: you raise your kids ah. or how you get your abortion sure you know no what what native american medicine did, was it just straight DMT that oh. healed you what that what did was you take? my
4: all of a sudden i met those women and that DMT trip was so powerful and i met them because In L.A., when I was working in comedy there, I always kept my camp gear in my tent and my trunk. So I would just take off up to Big Sur whenever I needed to. And I would always buy a new tarot card deck from Nepenthe, which I highly recommend. They always got fun stuff. And I had already been starting to reconnect with my tribal roots because I I had gone away from it when I moved to LA because I'm so white. So when I would get on stage and be like, I'm Native American and Irish, people would be like, shut up, white bitch. And I'd be like, that is fair enough. I'm gonna just not talk about the fact that I'm 164th Choctaw. Uh- anymore. But when I was 10, some of my first jokes were I'm Irish and Native American, so when I grow up I'm going to be an alcoholic. <laughs> ah! I would A joke. People would be like, You're not Native American. You're ginger. And I'd go, Um, obviously, my people were raped. Uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and these, this Facts. was like my middle school material so good. in Lake Isabella, which is just outside of Bakersfield. And th- I also agree, California, let's be our own let's nation. Let's be our own nation. Did you know that California provides one? Creates enough food that could feed one-third of the world's population California alone So the only question is just get the food out to the people. You know who figured that out? San Francisco Yeah, the homeless people here. I'm one of them right like I I came up here to uh, because I was like, oh, no I'm trans. I must leave this area completely (laughs) (laughs) What LA? Uh, No, uh, the Kern River Valley, okay? And in L.A. it was different, too, because I was entrenched in a community, and then I all of a sudden was something different. And I was changing too much too fast. I was waking up way too hard, Uh-oh. you know. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, we don't. You don't need any of this stuff. You can actually just do anything you want at any moment for any. You know, just follow your bliss." And people were like, "No, I have to keep this manager that's abusing me." You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, "No, what? No, you don't." Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I ended up here, and this city has is more symbiotic than I've seen. As a nomad, I've traveled around to a lot, and this city, like. Gets the food to
0: the people. Yeah, they do have they do have good programs. They, they get the fentanyl to the people too. Oh God. Well they get the Narcan to the
4: people. They get the Narcan was, to the people. There was um
0: a there was a concert. The, who was I talking to? Was it Brady Pearson? I was it was a, it was Peter Struckmeyer. It was some super there was a super gay thing and super gay Castro, and there was bands, and then in the middle of the show they just threw Narcan out to everyone in the audience. Oh, wow. oh I know, it was Trevor Sherman's joke. He's like you've never seen queens like it was like a pinata burst open and they were, <laughs> everyone was just diving for narcan they were like oh i know what he said he said it was like gaga tickets he's like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of queens like mm-hmm. trying to find gaga tickets and it was all narcan and everyone was like wow and it was real Wow. and i think that's amazing that we should be because the fentanyl is getting out to the people and people yeah. are dying and on march 5th three um, people died in the mission and nine went to the hospital in critical condition and survived because they all thought they were doing the same cocaine and it was laced with fentanyl and three people died in the mission. And mm-hmm. so that was like a real eye opener for me where I'm like, oh my God, which bar were they at? Which bar has a big enough bathroom mm-hmm. that 12 people, I mean, that could have been any, that could have been an entire bar staff of any one of the bars in the mission One bag of cocaine, 12 people, three dead. beautiful soul in my halfway house who's
4: getting clean off heroin because he said the heroin's no good anymore. Otherwise, he would still be a heroin addict. But he said it straight up. It's just no good anymore. I got to get clean. Like, he was so bummed. You know, he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I guess I just (laughs) got to get clean because the drugs aren't good. And I, I was telling you last night, he said that he thought he was buying a Xanax. He snorted half of it and then OD'd. And they had to Narcan him. Mm. So even on the streets out here, it's like, I don't like, don't buy any of it. Don't buy nothing. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like, even if they're like, it's Advil, like, don't believe no. it. Yeah, Because like, remember when you guys were just talking about the people who got people onto the boats, mm-hmm. there are people out there selling drugs that somebody gave them to sell and it's fentanyl like Right. It's not necessary. And this is like insight I'm getting from being in the halfway house. Sure. Like I'm getting that true street, you know, truth, which Tell is, it. which is okay. Back to the native American medicine. I go to the Choctaw nation. Cause I'm called there. I'm like, I'm supposed to be some sort of storytelling shaman. If I'm going to talk about native American medicine and I'm this white, I got to fucking go to the nation and be like, yo, I need, I need to like study with the actual, I go to the nation and I go, hi, I'm a tribe member. Um, who do you talk to if God told you to come? and this old lady with like curly white hair she goes um what and i was like it's the apocalypse you don't have like tons of tribe members coming in here going hey where do i go to talk to god you don't have any of that going on and i was like you're gonna have it it's coming uh and and then a guy who was mopping the floor was like hey hey and i was like hey man what's up and he was like i'm studying to be a medicine man i don't call myself one yet but i am training with another medicine man but we got to do it all underground all this stuff is out of the he's like see that girl over there he's like hey Carla, or whatever her name was, come over here. And she's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? He's like, I want to tell her about what happened in the sweat lodge. And she goes, I had COVID, I I had COVID, and if it weren't for my ancestors coming through in a fever dream, Mm -hmm. they all went to the sweat lodge, they did a ceremony, she was over in the hospital, her ancestors, she said, came around her bed and pulled her through the spiritual quest that is disease, right? That shit is real. In Native American medicine, we believe everything is medicine every single thing this podcast is medicine you look up at the clouds and you get an idea and if that releases anything in your body and you have some ease in your body right that's the cloud people bringing you medicine you look at a tree those are the standing people the tall people you got your four-legged friends your two-legged if you start looking at your environment like ev- like the medicine is trying to get to you for whatever it is that you need, it will come at you, man. And that is the, that's why I healed myself. And also truth is within a five to 10 mile radius of wherever a sick person is, is the plant growing that will heal you. It is absolutely already on the earth. Wow. Mother earth is a vagina that cleans itself. You know? <laughs> yeah. We take care of our self through the whole, you know, but Anyway, so that's that's kind of my... Thanks for letting me like, talk about that. Because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about it. I know that I want to talk about it. Because there's a lot of people who don't um, cross the threshold into even really enjoying or appropriately appropriating like, indigenous culture, and straight up, that's where all the knowledge is that we need right now. Like, uh, these, sure. these cultures have lasted for centuries. How'd they do it? Tell you what, they're passing down stories. Yeah,
3: I and,
0: and having a connection with the Earth, uh, Wania is a woman who was, I got to interview her, she was on season six of Alone, and she lived alone in the Alaskan tundra wilderness um, that she had to build her own shelter. For 72 days she lived with nothing but fishing gear, and, and she was foraging, and it, but uh, I, when I was talking to her, and she has this wonderful thing, she sends out newsletters and does incredible, like, group lead, like, all these kinds of things in the forest, using, using nature, communing with nature, and she said, even if you're in the city, try to do one thing at least once a week where you take your shoes off and stand on the dirt, or you... Find and forage um, some local fruit, whether or or y- you find there's fennel um, that grows wild, mm-hmm. and and glean some of what grows around you, and commune in a way. And she says try to do it every day, mm-hmm. but even if you start with once a week, taking your shoes off and wa- going to the going to the beach and touching the water.
1: Oh yeah, the sand, the earth, right, feeling the earth,
0: communing, and and then what you put in your body. And it made me think about it, cause I was like. She was saying like 75% of her body is is what's around her because of how she eats and I was like, "Oh my god, 70% of my body is Trader Joe's." Like that's that's what makes me. I'm 72% Trader but, Joe's, baby. I'm mm. like, "But
1: your fruits, I mean the I think fruits and vegetables are also that is a
0: medicine as well, you know." So, but if they come from outside when you get them from the store, they've been in a room and they're gassed and things happen. Well,
1: I mean Try to be careful with uh, your red peppers that are the size of two of your fists. Right. And your strawberries that are about the size of your fists. Yeah. Like, you know, I just started growing tomatoes. I have a lemon tree and a plum tree in my backyard. Ah. And so you, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, when plum season comes, I get to share those plums with my neighbors and friends i'll make you some bomb
0: chutney oh yeah i will give you some yeah plum plum chutney plum chutney is the shot
1: there and going back to what you said about the sweat lodge because i've been dying to do one again then the first time i did one was about 20 years ago and it changed my life completely i did it um when i was a camp counselor off of lake michigan and Everything that you said, it it is a very, it is a very healing spiritual moment. And I had asked, so it's kind of fun too, if you believe in like any kind of higher power spirits and the ancestors. Mm -hmm. And it was like a group of nine of us. And then after that, we purified ourselves, not in Lake Minnetonka, but uh, in Lake Michigan, uh, naked. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, did I just get spirituality? That's when... (laughs) Cause at that time <laughs> I was raised in a strict Catholic home mm. and I was going through like I, I was calling myself an atheist and stuff, but I didn't believe that in my heart because I do believe in some kind of higher being. But that was the day that I can remember I I got baptized in some kind of way by my huh. by the indigenous. And that those are my people as well. And so it kind of helped me reconnect a little bit to that part of my of my ancestors. And then another part that I'm connecting to, I've been reading up on Dr. CB, who is an Afro and You know you're familiar with it? Oh. <laughs> oh, I am so I am so
4: familiar with this story. You're I'm glad you are. I'm like, I you I wanna jump out of my seat and throw things. That's that's how much I love this guy. It's like
0: Great. Doctor Who?
1: CB. Um, so I I've been reading up a little bit on him. He does a lot of herbal uh, healing things. Like I, I actually right now the only thing I'm doing by him is like the sea moss. Um, which I I eat it raw, but my, my cousin she she made it into a jelly. So huh. that way I can <laughs> I just saw her laughing. <laughs> it's so salty. Demo. It's it's, it's, re- it's really salty. Um, what does it do? It's like something else. What, is it, what does it's it do? It's good for your digestive system. Huh. Um, it's good for your skin. It has, like, multiple uses. But, huh. yeah. Um, so I just started... Um, Using that recently and I'm doing a little bit more research because he has other products But like there have been a lot of people especially famous people that have been going to him and doing his products For healing like I think Wendy Williams the talk show host uh, Helped her son went on the the doctors uh, CB pillage because he was um, He was addicted to what's that bad weed? (laughs) What's that one bad spice? Spice, yes, that, yeah, that's not even weed. Spice, thank yeah. you. And so he was addicted to it. Like from
0: Dune? No, it's uh, yeah, like from Dune. But it's a, it's a. You can buy it in New Orleans, uh, where weed is super, super illegal. But it's one of those things you go to a. Uh, it's
1: a
3: synthetic.
0: It's a synthetic weed, and you can buy it at gas stations and it's shit terrible. like that. Yeah, and it, it looks like gray lint from your pockets, and you smoke it as if it's weed, and it's not weed. it's not but and it's weird stuff. I smoked it in New Orleans because they were like, "We'd super illegal, but we do this. This is legal." And it's this weird chemical concoction. But we lie to ourselves and we like it. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, how who is, what do you know about this? Oh yeah. Doctor? So I was
4: gonna chime in and go, "Oops, wrong doctor." I was thinking of somebody completely different. I thought you were talking about because I always I I actually don't really know how to say their name completely correctly because I haven't heard it said a lot. But I thought it was Dr. Seti. Uh,
1: Oh, Dr. Seti, S-E-T-I.
4: Yeah, I think that that's who it is, who has now since passed. Yeah. So this is a guy who was a healer who was more of like the shamanic kind of healer. He used plant medicines, he used knowledge, he used water, he used alkaline therapy to heal anybody of anything. The US government sued him and said, You are not allowed to claim that you healed cancer. Mm. He had to go to court with the US government and they said, You have to prove, you have to bring in seven patients. Is this is like and you have to water? That using only water, you were able to heal them of anything. He brought in 79 patients or something wow. and it was a full range of like MS, cancer, like you name it, whatever it was. And he's like, the medicine that people need to heal is already here, you wow. know? And then there was a documentarian making a documentary about him, and both the doctor and the documentarian were found having committed suicide. <gasps> in their places. And I'm It's the alkaline water. It's the plus seven water. For the last eight years, I've been making a documentary and it started out, it wasn't even, it wasn't even my idea, right? My mom had cancer, but I noticed that she had started playing World of Warcraft and she was doing better because of it. My mom loves dressing up in costumes. I just wanted to get her to BlizzCon. That was it, right? (laughs) I was always looking for something for my mom to look forward to do. And then I was working with Chris Hardwick over at Nerdist and I was like, yo Hardwick I'm trying to get into Blizzcon what if we do a one-off video I'll shoot a granny gamer in cosplay going to the convention right that's fun that's funny and then he was like well what about a whole documentary and then I said oh my gosh we could do a documentary about how video games can heal people or people can use video games to cope and then I went on this journey to start making this movie and I tripped over so much truth it, I then got diagnosed with three diseases. I then used simulation theory, which is just the game of following your bliss to heal myself, right? Native American medicine found me when I was at Nepente looking for my new tarot deck. There was a tarot deck that just said, um, it was uh, sacred pathways cards. And the guy who wrote it, he went around to all these different tribes and talked to the elders and gathered all their stories. And the book is just like a whole bunch of stories about how Native American medicine is medicine. And... Uh, And then that's how I met the... I take that book to the Tap House in Big Sur. I sit down to read it. These Burning Man people behind me are like making jokes about Burning Man. And I said, hey, if you're going to have a Burning Man off, can you do it somewhere else? And they all just started dying laughing. And they were like, oh, come hang out with us. Read our cards. And then as I was sitting with them, they were like... Hey, we're Navajo, Uh, we have DMT from the Navajo tribe and we've been trained to administer it and we would love to guide you on a ceremony, go cleanse for three days. So then I cleansed for three days, I didn't do the internet, only drank water, ate fruit, sweated it out a bunch. Then when I did that trip, it was just like so, I became one with everything, it was a complete direct flight to oneness, you know you are One with everything and then now my ancestors walk with me you know I see them everywhere I'm always I'm people I was like coming to San Francisco to live on a street because my spirit called me here I was like really we're gonna go do that okay and I felt free the whole time people like you can't go down to the tenderloin can't go down to the tenderloin what are you doing out here I was like man you don't know what I've seen I know that I, uh, I have purpose and my ancestors are like here. Like if somebody tries to mess with me, they'll be like smited by God in some weird way that I don't have to control. I won't even be a part of it because this is how I'm trying to when I see other prophets, I go, hey, I see you, like now's the time. Right. All right. boats are rising with the tide, and it's enough. We're done being shy about the fact that like magic is real or anyone can heal themselves of anything in any moment because that is true. That's you're just you're just one experience away, like you do at the sweat lodge. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, did I just baptize myself? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and i think we're just so disconnected and and i'm going to speak for here in the uh, in america that we're disconnected with getting with our within ourselves and we're so we we look forward to a pill to solve everything yeah it's real
0: surface yeah, yeah. and just you know quick fix surface
1: and then you know on top of that pharmaceutical companies put this stuff in front of our face to say like this will heal you this will be okay you know it's it's kind of it's a cheap fix frost to... the cupcake
0: what was that frost the cupcake frost the, cu- I like the cake stays the same You just put frosting on it rather than like fix the cake. The frosting is in the shape of a white
4: coat, isn't it? Because (laughs) when you have cancer, like my mom did, and you're all of a sudden looking at a scan and you're like, oh my God, they've been missing my cancer for years and I'm full of it. Whatever that white coat in the room says, you want to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's not that you don't want to, you're just like, I need you to be God. I need this to be the Mm -hmm. answer. Whatever you said, I want that to be the answer. And it's... It's, I'm excited about where we're evolving out to, only I will quote Terrence McKenna, the godfather of mushrooms, who said, everything affects our consciousness the way we believe it will. Huh. And for better or worse, every pill that has ever been tested has proven how powerful the placebo is. Oh, right. Every single sign, every single medication, 60% of the people who took the placebo also had the same effect as the people who took the drug. Right, right. You know, and it's like 60%, over 60% regularly. That's, That's like,
0: what were your diseases, may I
4: ask? Sure, endometriosis. What is that? Endometriosis is It's a
0: womb thing, right? It
4: is. It is. It's all related to the female organs. So basically, it's where... And it's all miscalculated. So there's a lot of stuff online. And women have been told a lot of things. There's a lot of gynos who are giving out the wrong information. Mm -hmm. So... The rumor is that endometriosis is when the lining of your uterus from your period gets outside of your uterus and then the tissue starts to attach to things and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't come from outside of your uterus. Sorry, there's not like holes in my uterus where my period's linking out into my body. That never happened. Only, I was born with more, they say, testosterone in my body than estrogen. They were saying that this is one of the theories of where it comes from. It's like a hormonal imbalance and then you have tissue that starts growing cysts that will grow around your ovaries around your uterus sometimes in your uterus these cysts will explode and when they explode it's really fun you'll be in the middle of a basketball game and and you'll all of a sudden feel like you're going to shit yourself and vomit And then you do neither. And then you're just in pain for about 20 minutes where you feel like you're going to die. And then your whole body releases sweat at a pace like you just jumped into a pool. And then it all of a sudden goes away. And then your mind goes delete. I'm never remembering how painful this was. And it's the same thing after women have a pregnancy. They don't remember how painful it was. Otherwise, they'd never have another kid. (laughs) Women with endometriosis are experiencing this all the time with their period. Their period is so painful. And then as soon as it's over, your brain's like, ooh, highlight, delete. That never happened to me. Huh. And, and so polycystic ovary syndrome, which was the companion piece were cysts that grow on my ovaries and, and then accompanied with all that was an eating disorder. Oh. And so I have I'm familiar with those in here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, I then started putting the pieces together. I was just like, I can't wait for science to catch up because they're not researching it as much as they could be because we don't have a dick. Right. If had right, had right, right, dick, right, 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 had right. We, it would already be funded. They would already understand this. But you know what? It makes so much money. Women being infertile. Yes. Right. And, no, that's IVF? Exactly right. and or, in San Francisco, I see these posters for like, ooh, are you in a gay couple? Like, you can both get IVF. Do it together. And I'm like, why don't you just help them have healthy uteruses? Why isn't that the goal? Because, mm. why is the goal, hey, we're going to help you with all these drugs and all these other things to be fertile? Why aren't our women in our, why aren't women in this world fertile? Why don't our bodies want to create life? <laughs> why don't our bodies want to bring life into this world? And then I was in the Hollywood entertainment industry and I was sitting here and I would meditate. I started smoking weed and anytime I had pain in my body, I was like, thank you for being here. Thanks, babe. What's up, uterus? what you gotta say to me? Let's have a conversation, you know? And she'd be like, yo, I don't feel good about our creativity. I feel like our creativity has growth on it, yeah. has cancer. I feel like it's stifled. And then I'd go into writer's rooms and I would have a showrunner pull me aside and say, hey, could you not pitch so confidently? Huh? Wait, <laughs> could, could you say bad pitch this um, or not this but before you pitch jokes? Because what's happening is like, you're being so confident in the room. Everybody's laughing at your jokes and then that's not what we want to put in the show. And then people are asking like, what happened to that joke? But, and they were really introverts and they were real nerds. And I said, with all due respect, this is my job. This is why you hired me. I'm a joke machine, baby. I came in here to bang them yeah. down. <laughs> and as he was having that conversation with me, I had already started believing that everything was medicine and that all the medicine I needed was gonna be right in front of me. And I just listened to when he said, could you not pitch so confidently? Boom, my left ovary started throbbing. Wow. Hey. I was like, you're giving me a cyst. I can't eat this shit anymore. Mm. If you eat shit with a grin, that shit has to grow somewhere. That's it's got to go. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. So women are eating shit with a grin all day, every day. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to work your way up that ladder? You want to break through that ceiling? Great. All the women who do that, shit monsters. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Look how
0: good I can or, eat. Them. Or if they have, a, if or they're, cunts and people are like oh she's too confident she's a cunt we hate her right and then you can't get anywhere because they're like she's impossible to work with yeah it's like i'm not not impossible to work with yeah i'm actually (laughs) quite fun to work with so i had a polycystic ovaries as well but they put me on birth control Mm. because it would make the cysts not grow because my eggs wouldn't fully release because they uh, my body didn't want the baby so those 12 years that i was on uh, birth control completely uncreative I got off birth wow. control I wrote a novel in six weeks I'm not oh kidding I'd never God. written a novel before oh and I wrote it. so in college I used to write plays and then and then I got the polycystic ovaries they made me get on the pill I was like I don't need to be on the pill I don't have sex with anybody I didn't have sex till I got married I wasn't a set and I, with my husband we didn't have enough sex I could have we could have used condoms didn't matter. but they said for your health we need to put you on birth control so that you won't grow, you won't grow these cysts. And you know, they were right after I got off it and I um, wrote some novels and I was like, Oh, I'm creative and left my husband. And I'm like, I'm a stand-up comic now that they did the service the, of cysts that grew back. And I went into the hospital and they scraped them off. No biggie. And I still have my ovaries, but now I'm going through paramenopause. So it's like, thank God it's done. I'm 47, not going to have kids. I'm, and my body knew, I didn't realize that most people don't go through menopause this early. I was like, oh, I'm I'm this I'm this anomaly. Well, good because I didn't want to have kids anyways. <laughs> cut this shit out. I didn't want to I don't want to have babies. They're
1: gross. Ruin my life. You know, it's it's really quite sad and frightening. You mentioned this earlier about like the gynecologist that this what a lot of especially a lot of female gynecologists are learning is what a man taught them in school, and it's very outdated. You know, and even like. I've, even some of my aunts and my cousins don't know uh, what's going on with their body they don't know what you know where their ovaries are <laughs> sure. or and, you know what happens when you have a menstrual what's the lining like the basic stuff that you would are supposed to learn in health class supposedly uh and especially for sure menopause is something that
0: we don't talk about no, no one talks about it
1: which i'm glad now we are starting to talk about it within the past five to ten years whereas now a lot of women are discovering like
0: oh so are your sex drive goes up too ding 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 yes it does well this is the crazy thing that made me angry is that people still aren't talking about it. No. That stupid HBO reboot of Sex in the City oh. that's called something <laughs> S- like this or after and that. And it, then and this, this happened and then that happened. Just like that. And just, just like, like that. And just like that, three white women, three rich white women over fifty talk about everything. They have have their fingers in trans issues. They have their fingers in gay issues and racial things. The one thing they all have in common, the one thing they don't even whisper about until the seventh motherfucking episode is the word menopause. Wow. Three 55-year-old fucking rich women and none of you are going through menopause? The secret word that no one mentions. And then they do in, obliquely mention it in the seventh episode. Oh, well, the, Oh, I'm not going through the hat yet. Oh, Charlotte, Charlotte, you're 55 years old. You're going through menopause. I'm 47. I'm going through it. You're lying. And everyone's lying to themselves. And so no one gives each other the memo. I'm so pissed. No one gave me the memo. No one told me that I was going right. to sweat like this at night. That I was going to be uncomfortable. That my sleep it was going to change. Everything was going to change. I was going to go through crazy mood swings. And that's the other thing. Is when... People are like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, I'm going through menopause. I'm like a teenage girl. Think of me as a 14 year old girl with <laughs> my emotions go. going like this. Up and I down. cry all the time for news. And it's like, why are you so dramatic? And what's your. And it's like, and I try to let it out like on this, like on the podcast and in positive ways and on stage and stuff. But sometimes I'm in my house and I'm just like, ah, I'm like, I want to just. Because my body is fighting me like right. all the time. And the sweat, I had no idea that there were sweat glands on my eyelids. It's. <laughs> the sweat it's sweating it's awful and i can't have like boys spend the night anymore because it's so embarrassing i'm so like it's like i wet the bed sometimes but i didn't it's just sweat
4: you talking about your menopause makes me think i might be going through menopause (laughs) because i'm 37 and i told my aunt i was like i think i'm going to be able to be trans and more. form myself into a man without having to take hormones outside of me because when the doctor said you have a hormonal imbalance you have too much testosterone you're born with too much testosterone we need to give you birth control i took the birth control for about a year i wanted to kill myself way more the pain was way worse yeah. so i went to him and i said i can't take this drug man i want to i'm what and he was like well we'll get you some psychiatric drugs to offset the side effects oh, of great. these ones let's make you an appointment for that and i said you're the best in the world you're the best in the world uh, Yeah. okay well I'm going to go do mushrooms for the first time. And then I saw that magic was real. And then I said, I know where I'm getting too much testosterone in those rooms that are really aggro. When I play pickup basketball with only men, which I was doing a couple times a week. I'm in a wooden bat baseball league with only men. Oh, I'm only hanging out with testosterone. I started calling myself Dreya. I gave myself a more feminine name. I started wearing pink. I started dancing more. And then guess what? My hormones balanced out because what are hormones? Does anybody know what hormones are? Because they don't teaches this either
0: what hormones are steroids steroids are hormones what are steroids steroids are hormones i don't know they're okay all right hormones
4: are the transportation device for our emotions Uh emotions are literally energy in motion so it's just energy you see something you experience something and then you have a reaction to it. This is the only thing we have in control, right? Our responsibility to our life. You see something and you go, oh, I love that thing. And then your brain's like, let's send a whole bunch of dopamine out, right? And then a bunch of dopamine loads up in a little train and then it heads out to whichever organ is responsible, right? Chinese medicine identifies each Organ of the body with a different emotion. So the liver is the seed of resentment. Huh. My mom's tumors were predominantly. At the end In her liver uh. I have 400 hours of footage And a lot of footage Of my mom And I have her telling The same stories Of resentment So many times <gasps> And I'm like Mom You gotta stop Telling that story I know it's a tumor I know that that one story Is its own tumor We gotta change that story When you tell it yeah. We gotta alchemize it But she was like You're too hippie You know <laughs> I was like Alright right, right, fair right, enough right, right. But I see <laughs> other people Doing the math And putting it together So then when I was like Wanting to balance out My hormone I knew where to go Get more estrogen And if I wanted to get more testosterone i know where to go get that sure because the drugs that they call hormones that they give women isn't hormones it's hormone like when you look at the biomolecular structure like the actual like how the um I'm not a scientist but how I'm I'm just a space doctor but how the uh, <laughs> I'm just a time traveling space doctor <laughs> when you look at him it kind of looks like that right it, sure. it it is okay there's this book called the period repair manual it was a woman who was a biologist and then she saw how similar the female reproductive organs were to plant life huh. so she makes sense. this book this book the period repair manual anybody who's got endo pcos anything i think they should make kids read it in high school it also in the beginning goes let's just talk about what birth control is and why it exists birth control was created because white rich guys didn't want their mistresses being pregnant pregnant. anymore this drug this drug was never good for the body it was never good they knew it back then the fda approved it because the rich people needed it to be approved so that their mistresses would stop getting pregnant Right. Used to have that's it, side and then they the created 60s. a story, they created a lie that says, this is good for you to regulate your period. And then if you tell yourself, this is good for me to regulate my period, for some women it works because they start really believing it. Sure. My body was like, it doesn't add up, something's right, missing. Right. I can't process lies. If I get, If I eat lies during the month, my period will be painful huh yeah Yeah. I mean it's weird it's weird it throws
1: your it throws your cycle off and what have you and so that's what happened to me with some of my because I used to do pills Um, and so there was one that had too much estrogen where I was just crying (laughs) and all over the place And my mood swings were, uh, and then I, I didn't even know. I was like, I just started taking these pills and tricycline is what I, that was the brand. And they're like, well, we're going to have to give you a lower dosage. And so after that, I was fine. But then my period, I got scared because then my period would stop. And I'm like, I am not, I better not be pregnant.
0: Right. And, and, so, and that's what you're supposed to, it's supposed to. Cover that fear, and then if it you have right. the fear. Right, anyway, I mean, because so
1: right. with the pill, the ones that I were taking, I, because I, I do believe in having a cycle. I cannot. God bless you, chicas, who do the shot and don't want to have a period, but I do because yeah, it's only Provera. natural to bleed. Unfortunately, I hate it, but it's just natural. But I got my cycle back, but I haven't been on birth control in about four or five years. Um, but it, it's it's kind of scary because. When you were talking about how it first came out, mass media comes into contact, because the pill, Helen Gurley Brown, who was the editor of Cosmopolitan back in 1962, that was the first pill ad. So that was, all of a sudden, it was like ah, it opened the windows, so-called windows, to women's freedom. But at that time, there was a lot of, um, of negative results. With the pill and side effects back in 1961 and why can't
0: guys just wear condoms and be responsible i don't (laughs) understand why it's it's so funny to me but because honestly when i was on the pill for 12 years i was completely uncreative and i think that the pill is a systematic tool used by a large-scale group of men to keep women stupid and uncreative and and, an inability to connect with themselves in the world and it because i was completely i'm telling you i I wrote a novel in six weeks and I'd never written a novel before and then I was like gosh you know what I think I want to go to graduate school for writing and that that had never come in my head before and then all of a sudden I'm writing every day and all of that I wouldn't be where I am right now if I would have stayed on the pill if I, I but when I got off when I was 32 all of a sudden I was a creative being my entire 20s I didn't I worked in corporate America, and I was married, and and it's it's, <laughs> and it made <laughs> yeah. me docile. It made yeah. me into a good docile wife. And mm. to think about like, what are we gonna get at Costco? What am I gonna make for you this week? Wow, <laughs> like, am so I gonna be? Ba- I'm gonna be making carne asada burritos. I'm gonna put them in the freezer. I'm gonna wrap them up so that. They- and being like the perfect <laughs> housewife and like doing all this, it was exactly what I, what I did. Oh, and this was the thing that made me so crazy is my ex-husband used to say, "I'm just not good at gift giving," and I was like. You know, gift giving is a skill. It's something that, it's a practice. Nobody's good at gift giving. You get to know a person, you find out what they like, and you you want to please them. So you get them little trinkets to keep their interest and happiness alive in there. It's exciting when someone that you, that appreciates you with a gift and you're like, oh my God, that's so perfect. And he'd always just say, I'm just not good at giving compliments. I'm just not good (laughs) at giving gifts. And I was like, then learn. Like, can (laughs) you not not learn? And then, and then you become the annoying wife where you're like, where you're constantly mining for like, do I look fat in this dress? And all that means is you don't pay enough attention to me instead of being honest and saying, and I mean, I grew up in the nineties, so honesty, but (laughs) instead of being honest in a relationship and saying, I need this from you in the relationship, it was, do I look fat? And then he was like, God, she's so annoying. She's always digging for compliments. Well, wouldn't it's the wouldn't way. that be wouldn't there be a way to see that and respond to it in a way that would he was so confused why we got divorced and I was like S- did you not live with me for 13 years
3: like <laughs>
4: so I was once in a relationship with a Texan I thought I was gonna marry and we lived together and during that time what my stand-up one of my jokes was um you know we're I'm working on my boyfriend's compliment skill game and uh you know he'll be we were we were making out and he was like hey babe have you lost weight and i was like yeah i have thank you so much and he's like i can tell cuz your tits feel smaller ah, it's like oh. no nope that's not a compliment and no, so right. I mean, then I got my haircut and he was like hey babe did you get your haircut and I was like yeah I did thank you so much for noticing he's like I can tell because your tits look smaller and it's like
0: come <laughs> that's on like, that's such a good joke uh, <laughs> that's so funny and that's such
4: it, a good and, uh, joke but I know exactly what you're talking about and that that set itself was like I would invite him to the show and be like hey babe these aren't <laughs> jokes this is me trying no. to talk to you <laughs> Yeah, this is this is the therapy session here's the counseling
0: me, session here's me communicating with you my inner needs once. I've well, done that on stage mm-hmm. I've done that I've wanted to talk to people and I felt unable in my regular life and if I know they're gonna be at a comedy show I'll specifically mm-hmm. throw because I'm comfortable oh, I on stage
4: mm-hmm. I always do that's kind of just like my I'm like you want you want to love me you gotta let me love you yeah. <laughs> And this is how I love my world it's like I make love to you through my mouth hole mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said something earlier that I think tied into something you said earlier before I came in which was when you were talking about Oklahoma and the abortions and you were like it's all about control right Mm -hmm. this of this this birth control pill thing when you're like I, I literally did not feel creative, right? And then yeah. your mind was like, but I have to create carne asada burritos. Yeah. <laughs> His stomach must be warm, you yeah. know? And it's like, what? Like when you think about what you interact with, like the color pink, for instance, everybody has a perception of what they think the color pink is. And when you interact with something in this world, what anybody else thinks of it, or you invoke those emotions. That's why if somebody uses an N-word, right? right. It's not about the times I've been called it. Right, but I can feel that that is awful and painful, and I w- I don't want to eat that because and you'll because, get slapped, right? You'll get slapped. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if you have if you have this pill that's out there, even if that pill was a sugar pill, sure, how much of that energy is like going into it? And like Terrence McKenna said, if you know, there's lies in there. He didn't say that. <laughs> no, but I, I totally I does. totally
0: it's I'm we, really we, <laughs> we, Well we we are a product of all of our experiences and our experiences are how we react to what we perceive. And so we're creating our own reality, whether, we, whether we're conscious of it or not. We, And someone said that to me once they were like, Pam, everything in your life is 100% your fault. And I was like, fuck you. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't mean it that way, <laughs> but it is every, but I was like, no, it, with that person and that, he, that's them, he's like, well, no, everything happening to you is you. And the sooner you recognize that and don't put it on other people and say, well, they made me feel this way or this, it's like, no, 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 I I feel this way because I'm choosing to react in this way to you. Understanding that as a truth is a practice. And I think it's okay if it takes a long
4: time to get it because somebody said the same thing to me years ago and I wanted to believe it because I wanted to heal my body, right? Only in part of that, I had a bunch of stuff going on in my cervix too. There was a bunch of like scar tissue and stuff in there that they had to clear out. During that process, I did those meditations where I imagine I'm forgiving anybody who did stuff to my thing without consent, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like I had to rewrite that story and completely forgive and get grateful. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, your cancer cells and your cervix are gone. And I can't prove that me forgiving and becoming grateful for my, what this dimension calls rape incidents, being grateful for them, I believe, healed my cervical cancer cancer test. First they tested it and it seemed like it was cancer. And then I went home and I was like, no, we're changing the story. I'm going to jump dimensions this is why I got really good at time traveling because I didn't want to live in the life that they told me it was mine. Sure. You're going to die with these disease. That's what they oh tell you about God. eating disorders. Yeah. They, yeah. I went to all the specialists and they're like, mm, it's like
0: alcoholism. You're just you going to be stuck with it forever. You're going to you, die. And,
4: and you and see that. the bars go clink, 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 clink. And you're like, why well, am I in here forever? Forever?
0: And, and I understand that because I changed the script. I was bulimic for a very long time. Yeah, And shut then, out. and I, yeah. shut brum, out, brum, bulim- brum. Brum, brum. binge and purge. Yeah. yeah. Food. <laughs> I love food. Um, and funny enough, I learned blah, blah, blah. it <laughs> That's funny. I learned it because of um, different strokes. The character that Dana Plato played on different strokes there was it was her birthday, uh, the character on the show. and I remember being in second grade and watching it and she ate an entire cake and then she threw up and I was like, that is an amazing idea. I was like, wow, and it was like an anti-bulimia show for on on different strokes. And I was like, what a fucking incredible idea. Yes. So I was, I was blue for a long time, but the, re- the way I conquered it, and I still, I still have body dysmorphia issues. Uh, and you probably can't,
4: can I give you a word bridge? Yeah. You are in the process of letting your body dysmorphia issues go. They're not going to be with you always. I am in the process yeah. of letting yeah. my
0: body dysmorphia issues go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I control food. That's why I cook all the time. That's why I bake. That's why I do, make sourdough. That's why I make cookies and I bake pasta and I cook because I control the food. Mm-hmm. And so when I and I, and that was I just that's how I started. That's how I got over it. I was like, no food. You don't control me. I control you. This is you're my food, and I decide when to eat you and how much of you I'm going to eat, and I decide what you're going to taste like, and I feed you to other people. And I and I thought of it instead of it being this because i was constantly obsessed with what am i going to eat when am i going to eat it when am i going to get rid of it what am i going to do how am i going to hide it and it was a constant everyday battle
4: full-time job full-time job
1: it's it's almost like it's almost like like being a drug addict yeah it is is. because like um i was bulimic i started like i remember the date uh i was like 14 and and in the eighth grade and so I remember at the time I had all these pictures of supermodels. Mm. So again, right there, there's this idea of perfection that is non-existent. And growing up with that, I'm like, I found a way. And mine's was Tracy Gold from... Uh, from oh, okay. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks tracy yeah uh, yeah because i because she also she did she had a tv movie i'll oh, never forget about her right. bulimia and so i'm glad see she remembers Yep. Yeah. It. Yeah. oh it's a block heart yeah does need a sandwich though i ain't gonna lie uh, <laughs> but um, shout out bird bones yep yeah. <laughs> <out bird> <laughs> but it, it for me at in the moment of doing it i it, it was like i was taking a hit and it felt good and then the guilt sets in of like trying to hide and trying to like make sure that no one sees me until that day i got caught by my best friend cuz i was messy
0: Oh, yeah, 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 I got my mom caught me once. She was like, she saw the splashes up on the underside of Bad the toilet part. seat and she was like, if you're going to be bulimic, you got to at least clean better. And I was like, all right, she knows Ooh, now.
4: My mom said the same thing to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's
0: like, clean up better if you're going to be. And then and then my dad got mad at me because he was like, this is very expensive. Does, do you know how much a box of cereal that you ate? because I ate a cup? Oh yeah,
4: that's a big. Thing. Everybody thinks that's going to get you to stop doing it is if yeah. they mention how much money Economics. you're putting down the toilet and yeah. you're like, you have no idea what's happening in here, man. Yeah.
0: He was like, those those jumbo Costco size boxes of cereal, those are expensive, and you're just eating the whole thing at once, and then you're getting ready, it's like this isn't this isn't okay. And I was like, uh, okay, so it's mon-. So for my mom, it was cleaning, <laughs> and for my dad, it was monetary. It isn't like gee, is there something wrong that you wanna talk to us about that, you know? Right, are you pressured into something, my dear? Yeah, as I'm on the dance team and doing ballet and doing cheerleading and trying and thinking, and I'm the same size, I am exactly the same size as I was in high school and I thought I was huge. I thought I was fat. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm the fattest person ever. And now I'm like, I am a little person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I I can't even, and still I think of myself as a big person. And I was, I've always been very little, but it's just in my head for some reason. I,
4: you're like a fun little mirror. You guys are fun little mirrors. Um, (laughs) So I, I totally get that ED game and i wanted to resist really writing about it and making art out of it because i didn't want to relive it and i didn't want anybody to watch it and their subconscious get the idea their demon get the idea of what to do mm-hmm. right because exactly what you guys are talking about we all got influenced by art right yeah and Different strokes and when i when i when i went to that gyno and i was like yo dude i'm suicidal he was like we'll get you a psychiatry appointment the psychiatry appointment was on a Monday. I, was, I, was, I had met somebody and fell in love with him, but I had decided that I was going to become a 10 before I ever committed inside of a relationship. I wanted to feel like a 10 all the time. I knew I was a 10, but sometimes I felt like a 6, you know, and nobody's ever lower than a 6, okay? It's, everybody's a 10, but anyway, so we got this place in L.A. It was a duplex. We nicknamed it the 610 house. This is really funny for me because I now live in a place that has the same address of 610, and it's a halfway house. And we used to say in our house you're a 10 and if you feel like a six by the time you leave you'll feel great we had a thing next to the door it was like hang up your pants you know <laughs> feel free to dance and um <laughs> and so that day we we were gonna have a little play date you know we were like sexting while he was at work all day and um and i dressed up in the best like anime sexy outfit i could put i used to have long hair i had to put big buns and he was a photographer who'd only taken pictures of cars but then he came home and he was like, "Oh, you look so hot! Can I take a picture of you?" And as somebody with all this body image stuff, I never let people take pictures of me, sure. you know, oh, yeah. like that. And I was like, "You know what? I want to do this." I, so I got a little whiskey, got a little weed, and he did this photo shoot of me. And he showed me a picture. And I saw my tiny little baby tits for the first time looking so cute. And I was like, oh my God, she's a 10. His name was Ben and ah. I, and he said, do those mushrooms now, do them now. And I had mushrooms in the fridge. So the first time I ever did mushrooms was right after I had just seen myself as beautiful fully. Wow. Yeah. And then that mushroom trip, I went in my downstairs bathroom, which was a portal and I closed the door and I look in the mirror and I start doing Louise Hay mirror work. Cause I had already started doing that where you look in the mirror and you go, I love you, you're beautiful, you're great. I think you're great, I love and approve of you. I just, every time I see my reflection, I'm like, yeah. Which sucked at first, to eating disorder people know. It's like, you look in that mirror and you're like, ah, yeah. you devil. <laughs> So like, I was alive first, but I was like, okay, I'm on these mushrooms, and I just got called to go in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, all these, Different avatars of me, like John being John Malkovich, pop out. <laughs> and I see myself as a rocker and a skater and like all these versions of me that I'd never met because I was too busy hating myself. Huh. And then all of a sudden this version of me, my whole bathroom turns into a turns into a, a a dreary like like a swamp. And this version of me that looks like the grudge, it's exactly what I would look like after I would do a ton of purging. You know when yeah, oh, the, the, red the, in the you face know, and the tears. Oh the tears, tears, the burning you mascara, you know, it's Oof. like it's those moments when you're like, I can't get the rest of it out, but I want to get all of it exactly. out. Sure, sure, and you're sure, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. I this might ruin my throat, oh, my, my teeth, eyes feel like they're teeth, gonna pop yeah, out of their yeah. head, like all this shit's yeah. happening. Ocular sclera. Yeah, no, so that love version love, of me shows up, right? And I'd taken pictures of her before in the mirror when I'd done this, because I'd be like, look how fucking nasty we are. Let's never do this again. And I thought if I really, shat on myself that would help, (laughs) but it didn't. didn't. (laughs) And so I'm on these mushrooms and here's this girl, she looks like me, coming out like grudge-wise out of the water and she's like, don't go out there. And we're talking about the bathroom. She's like, don't go outside, we can't show people who we are. And I went, who the fuck are you? And you're driving my ship? You're driving, look how many great versions of me we are. I'm not listening to you. Hey sad lady, if you wanna come (laughs) and play with me, Come out and play with us. But I gotta go find out what these roller skates are for. And I think I'm gonna make music. But I'm not coming back to this swamp. So when you when you cry, I'm not coming to see if you're okay, because I know that you can get out of this swamp. You can walk out at any time. And I said, I love you so much. I'm peace outing you. You can come play with us, but I ain't coming back. I closed the door in that bathroom. I lost 10 pounds within 48 hours. Wow. And I said, I'm never throwing up my food again. And I I think I just healed my eating disorder. And that's when I realized, oh my God, it was a 40 hour work week, at least job. (laughs) Yeah. In my mind that I didn't know that I had, you know? Sure. How old were you when you discovered, like. 33, I was 33. And in that same mushroom trip, I met Jesus. Wow. (laughs) And I haven't thrown up my food since then. And that was 2018, except. Right when I was like, okay, I'm gonna be homeless, but I had a hotel room for my last night, like in a hotel. I ended up binging and purging, which was like a couple months ago. Huh. And that same night, Russia invaded the Ukraine. Wow. And I was like, you cannot treat yourself like shit because the ripple effects are too much. Yeah, it's you too know? big. You can't. Yeah. You can't. It's there's sunk up with it.
0: There's so much comforting though about believe me, Like I n- now, and I haven't, I haven't thrown up in in a, in a long time, and even from alcohol because I've really cut back. But whenever I I'm on my knees and looking at a toilet, like the that part of the toilet where the water flushes down, it's like this I'm just friend. It's like or it's like this familiar. familiar, weird and some it's just this weird. Wow. It's a weird, like comforting image to me. So whenever I've been super drunk or hung over the next day and I have to vomit, I'm like, this isn't so bad. Like, cause I remember there's so many like happy feelings that are connected in my brain to purging it's weird it's it's psychologically twisted but it just is that like it's
1: like but it's everyone's different experience as well because like when i would leave the bathroom there was like a sense of relief yeah yeah yeah, 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 okay i just lost five pounds of that um Hence why I would have to always carry a makeup bag with me because Mm. of the smears and the tears of Mm. binging and purging. Because, again, it's my dirty little secret and no one's supposed to know. Mm -hmm. But that sense of like, it's almost like I did a line of cocaine and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Uh, like, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't tell anybody yeah, that I ate totally an
0: entire bad. pound of C's candy. That was my favorite thing, is I'd go to C's <laughs> candy, and I'd get, like, a mixed pound of dark chocolate nuts and chews. Not too many nuts, though, because nuts are hard when they come back out, but caramel's <laughs> fine, and chocolate's fine, and the smooth ones. When the chocolate I'm... raspberries and marzipans, those are fine, too.
4: Yeah, it's all about prepping the out, right? Right, yeah. You know, yeah. like, knowing how to take it in so you can prep it on the way out.
0: Vanilla ice cream. Oh, we got ice cream. Ice cream's yeah. a great. Oh,
4: oh no, no. I- Ice cream, ice cream, and Sprite really help break things down. But I was, I would like take, I would take like, I would come home with two pizzas and an apple pie, and my roommate would look at me, and I go, I'm just gonna be in my room, and she's like, <laughs> and and when I was 18, these two girls like sat me down. They're like, hey, we know when you go in the bathroom and you turn on the shower, we know you're throwing up your food, and I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and that's no, all you like, can do is just walk away no, but no. I was like Psh, definitely not don't know what you guys are talking about like I was just in so much shame I was like there's no way I can't have a direct conversation with you about this you know yeah. right yeah. I would
1: rather tell people I'm like no I have diarrhea what are you talking about right. or like no I was masturbating <laughs> for a long time so well, no <laughs> yeah
0: well this has been a super fun yeah. some call me tim today this uh, is great. sorry yeah. about
1: the grossness everybody yeah but it's, real. it's uh
0: we're it's, uh, who this Men- we we never know where we're going to go but i'm glad we got there
1: administration bulimia yeah, yeah. Uh, space space doctoring space doctor time am, travel
0: i am a time traveling space doctor abortion
1: we talk, talk well, about the ins and outs literally. ukraine
0: now we know about cameroon and mm. ethiopia mm. didn't know about that mm-hmm. feeling like i need to do some more research for next week (laughs) all right well uh this is this has been a great time this was great and uh tonight everybody it's an exciting night there's three different open mics you can hit in san francisco proper six o'clock at the sf eagle which is an amazing leather bar with a great outdoor patio and three dollar beer specials Mm. and then at eight o'clock in the marina josh kotsky has a new open mic and i Don't I don't remember what it's called somewhere in the marina and then at 10 o'clock is the milk bar open mic late night So you can get three sets in or if you enjoy comedy come on out everybody and uh tomorrow I'm at the cougars on the loose show in Oakland Friday <laughs> be here I know it's so stupid it's the what cougars on the loose it's all women over 40 that do comedy, I am not
1: right? a goddamn Kruger
0: I don't think I'm a Cougar either <laughs> I don't think you're a Kruger I either I may be
1: 40 but I'm not I'm not a rawr.
0: well it's a uh, it's it's <laughs> that's just where cougars on the loose. It's six women mm. comics that all happen to be finish. over 40. Mm. So that's th- Thursday uh, in Oakland. And then Friday, happy hour here at six o'clock. And Saturday, join us at Atlas Cafe on 20th and Alabama for Titans of Comedy. This week, we have Drea Myers, Tim Taylor. I can't remember the other ones. Everybody's really funny though, I promise. Okay, any last words
1: from anybody? Um, mine is be good to people read up what's going on in the world and don't let that affect your spirit.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, because the news affects my spirit and I don't have to let it, I don't have to let the knowledge affect my spirit. I can mm. I can try to stay logical with the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fancy, any any final words? <sighs> well, I am
4: just wanting to wrap it up. <laughs> With a last minute sound bite that'll leave you feeling loved. And for whoever's listening, I just want to say I can tell that whatever you've been doing is working. You look great. Also, your tits look smaller. <laughs> Thank you for
0: inviting us here. This was very lovely. Yay, <laughs> hey, Francie. Remember, if you're going to lean in to Cheryl's glass ceiling, do it with your tiny tits, everybody.
3: She takes me out, Captain Baby, show
5: MutinyRatio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface faced McRat.
2: <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the US government. And it's personal, as the Enigma Brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon.
5: Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants?
7: I? I was, well, was really just cool, leaving the theater. I
2: just bought a Cadillac this convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior and I drove it up here.
8: And I started to do some thinking.
2: I I'm, freeway and I'm having I a
6: really, really good time. Flat, black, blasting.
5: Saturday, 92. On the
3: freeway. I am I a total you. Can I see it?
8: Laurie voice is absolutely right. I am Teddy and adolescent. And I will cut Handle the Blake. Henry!
6: Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your um uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I
2: I find pretty hard to believe. Uh Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine but never his loyalty until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Cluny is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon.
1: Hey, near Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station, and it's all about service
8: release on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93,000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how you can help
2: I'm glad you're here that we can enjoy the beauty together, right?
9: Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you, have you seen that, that vigilante, vigilante man, man? i've been hearing his name all over the land
2: uh this week on Bughouse
9: square i've got um well, is a vigilante man i'm looking around here i got uh, a i got a bunch of good records got some new contributors man. Uh I got a good feeling, Has he got you know. A I think gun I think we're going to be okay. In his hand is that of a jolly landleman. night down in the engine house. Sleeping just as a mouse. Man come along and he chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante
6: Wait
10: Brothers the and revolution, sisters. the revolution, it's time to rise be and take our place televised, so televised, we can encourage the televised. universe. The planet Earth belongs to God. This is 1999. Every squidge of it that He chose for Himself is the best part. a heavy strong man, you'll find a strong woman. The universe is not completed without the sun, moon, and star. That's man, woman, and child. So all you fake ass niggas thinking you're going to survive out here without your black woman, you're wrong. They have attraction powers on the planet. Maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, father of civilization and God of the universe. The population was 17 million, with the two million Indians, making a total of 19 million for 400 million all over the planet Earth. Arise, you dogs. It's the time for the Revolutionary War. That's the mental war. That's the battle between God off your plane, take them off your mental mentality, take them off your brain. Take the from my mind, leave the all the cigarettes, the guns, mind. the alcohol and everything, that's the mental devil that exists within your body, take this it's destroying and decaying your mind, take this the mind controls mind. the body, everything within must come out. Don't look towards the sky, because there's no heaven above. Don't look down beneath your feet, there's no hell below. But heaven and hell exist within. Heaven is what you make it, and hell is what you go through. It was told to me that man came from
3: monkeys,
10: (laughs) that we were swinging from trees. I hardly can believe that unless I'm dumb, deaf, and blind. Save the children. You ever heard about the ape man? has a beginning to him, and it's ending, is about to come. And you got the 10%, who are the rich slave makers of the poor, who teach the poor lies to make the people believe that the almighty, true living God is a spook in the sky, and you can't see him with the physical eyes. They're also known as bloodsuckers of the poor. And then you got the 5% who are the poor, righteous teachers who do not believe in the teachings of the 10%. Who is all-wise and know the true and living God and teach that the true and living God is a supreme being, black man from Asia, otherwise known as civilized people, also Muslims
5: and Muslim sons.
6: Peace, me
7: out. I have given it much thought. It seems disaster must come. At best, only postpone. Shaolin Kung Fu to survive must now be taught to more young men we must expand get more pupils so that the knowledge will spread
10: The ignited from metaphorical power moves to fertilize the earth, picking niggas come, trying to burglarize the turf scatting off soft ass beats, them niggas rap happily, tragically, that style deteriorate rapidly, uncompleted missions, throwing your best known compositions you couldn't add it up, if you master addition, where I come from, getting visuals the Get you more state walking on hot coal and rituals I splashed the paint on the wall, formed the mural, he took a look, saw the manifestation of it was plural, Rhyme while